Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Top of the Charts Tuesday. My man Patrick plays jams. I reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. And I, I don't know. I still feel like there's a vibe. It's a Top of the Charts Tuesday. Oh, yeah. It should be. I mean, this, those are three pretty different artists. I know. I don't know why I feel like there's a vibe. I just feel like I said, I, I said maybe when you were putting it together, you kind of did. You were like in a DJ mindset. Yeah, it might have been. Where you, it, it, they flow together. You know they do. I mean, I mean that they yeah, still I don't a know. flow to it. I don't know if I've ever seen a bill with the fifth dimension, Elton John and Johnny Taylor, but <laughs> Johnny just saying, Taylor. Hey, I'm just telling you what I feel, man. You know I like I mean? it. I like it. Just jamming it. Uh, top of the charts Tuesday. Uh, Patrick's doing a great job DJing. Or maybe not DJing. Maybe I'm just feeling that. <laughs> uh, uh, top of the charts Tuesday playing jams. I reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. We got to talk Texans and... Thank God the music's putting me in a good mood. Because these texting stories are they, not putting me in a good mood. They're driving you nuts, oh, right? Oh, man, they are stressing me out the closer <laughs> we get to the draft. So we'll get into the texting stuff. We'll get into that. Also, uh, there's some GM rankings out there by NFL.com that I think are pretty interesting. So if we have time, we'll dive into that. If not, we can, uh, we'll can we regroup with all of this in the uh, top of the 6 o'clock. And also, Peter King is, yes, now on the uh, Bijan Robinson bandwagon, reportedly. Uh, he likes him some Bijan Robinson. You know what? Who, who doesn't? Like some B. John Robinson. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into all of those stories and more. You can hit us up on the Specs text line. It's the best way to do it. 512-337-3776. Uh, you also can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis, real MVP at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. You know, one of the things I, I, I found interesting, and I don't know if this picture says it because I did some recent, but there is talk and there's a picture of David Mulligetta with C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. And... We talked about David Mulligan is I, I think he's the Johnny Cochran of NFL agents because he got Deshaun Watson <laughs> in in the in the midst of multiple allegations uh, against him of yeah. sexual misconduct and yep. yes civil lawsuits as well got him the biggest and only contract of its kind fully guaranteed in NFL history. At the time, and it's a guy that hadn't played, uh, didn't play that year. Nope. And wasn't going to play for the foreseeable future because we, at the time, didn't know if he was going to be serving a long term suspension or not. Right. So that guy's a hell of an agent. Like I said, he's a Johnny Cochran of NFL agents. The one of the best to ever do it. Uh, there's a rumor that he's CJ Stroud's agent. He is. Okay. And that, it, that, that a lot of the, the negative, not negative, or maybe the, the stock dropping for CJ Stroud is animosity toward him. Because there is animosity. Because think about it, the Texans, by the way. <clears throat> All right, uh, <laughs> uh, if he because he was a Sean Watson's agent with the mm-hmm. Texans, and that the Texans part of their now their dis I don't know, say disdain that's too strong of a word part of their now um, um, disinterest in C.J. Stroud could be associated with Mulligan. That's just rumor. Because he's the agent, and he was also the agent of Deshaun, and they just don't want it. They don't want their franchise. They don't want to deal with him as their franchise quarterback anymore. That agent, particularly, no, like, and that nah, makes sense. Except no other teams in the NFL seem to care about CJ Stroud either. Like it does oh, not seem right. to yeah, be a point. mutual. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, does not point. seem to be a point that good is point. just now. They yes. may not like him because yes. well, because he got the, the guaranteed contract too. One of the reasons he, they may not like Mulligan in the fact that all these teams are like you're the one who screwed up with the Deshaun Watson contract. Screw up, he did a great job. Well, no, no, but to them, <laughs> yeah, to them, yeah. that they're like we don't yeah. want to do business with him at all. Pandora's box. Kind so of thing. we're going to punish him by punishing C.J. Stroud. That could be a, a league wide thing, but I mean, no one's offering to trade up right now. I know they're taking phone calls, but right now we've not heard anybody really wants to move up for C.J. Stroud either. 
So it may not be just the Texans that are not sold on C.J. Stroud. Yeah, or, no, no, I don't. Like, we took, we played the sound from Mike Lombardi last week. Yeah, and also Mike played, Lombardi's a hater, he but is. also Trey Wingo. Yes, um, he also said, "Now, nah, man, it's it's actually real. It's going around." He said, he "Nobody knows where it's really coming from. Nobody knows what it's about. But it's basically C.J. anti C.J. Stroud propaganda that is out there, and we can't tell if it's substantive or if it is just pre-draft, you know, uh, silly season hype." Right. So that- I, I, I'm looking at it as more of, and somebody hit us up on the te- on our, our Twitter today, Rod, and they were saying maybe you're not hearing anything from the C.J. Stroud camp because of the fact that they already know where he's going and they're not even dealing with it. That could also be true. Right, right. Yeah. And, I, I, and I'm, be I, I believe in the latter because there's no way a guy that has been to the Heisman Trophy ceremony twice – is not going to be considered a high draft pick. I, I, I just mm. really – I have a hard time with that. I have a real hard time with that. And throwing the mm. fact that he's got the build for the NFL. Ex- so it's not like – you could see it if it's a guy who's 5'8", and an option quarterback. Right. You go, yeah, well, he's not an NFL quarterback. But C.J. Stroud has the body for it too. With no off-the-field issues to be talked about. And that's the other part of it too. Like at least Johnny Manziel, when he won the Heisman and was going through all his stuff, Johnny had a lot of things that mm-hmm. was traveling with him. Yeah. C.J. Stroud, we haven't heard anything, mm-hmm. anything about him, whether it's good or bad, except for, well, it was bad, from what um, yeah, this, Mike Lombardi yeah, did. And Trey but nobody there. else has had I, to say anything. Except we, don't, we don't know if it's real. Yeah, right. Right. It could just be, you're right, that maybe that theory is true, that they know where he's going, he knows where he's going, so he's not worried about it. Uh, but there's a lot of talk now that the Texans are open to all possibilities, mm-hmm. potentially, basically, at number two overall. The latest report is, and this is not a report. I mean, this is actually yeah, a, a true report because this comes from Nick Casario's mouth. He was asked at a pre-draft press conference um, about being open to trading the number two overall pick, and he said they've gotten a few calls regarding trading the pick. Yeah, and then said, "quote um, Are we open for business? I would say we're open to listening." End quote. Which mm-hmm. is just that's being that's doing your job. Mm-hmm. That is true. You gotta listen. You gotta listen. You gotta listen. You that you know that'd be malpractice if you didn't listen. But you to didn't want to listen for Lamar Jackson. Well, no team did. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like no, I'm like no no team was willing. To, they they bouncing me, back within, and forth within an hour of the fir- the non exclusive franchise tag being placed on Lamar Jackson. We had multiple teams coming out saying we're not interested. It's like yep. you ain't even talk to you the man. You ain't talk even, to the brother, man. <laughs> you ain't talk to the team. You ain't pursued nothing. You ain't even talk to him, but you're not interested anyway. Uh, but I digress. Getting back to it. So the Texans. Are it looks like you know they are open to listening to offers for the number two overall pick, and yes, now there are several different insiders. Lance Zerline probably being the one that's closest to the Texans that thinks that the tech that thinks the Texans could uh, go elsewhere, uh, go another position, I should say, other than quarterback with the number two overall pick. Had that in his latest mock draft, and Peter King has hinted. That he's heard, he's had sources that have also hinted at the same thing. He says, "quote in his latest piece, uh, his um, uh, latest football morning in America piece, he said, I'm like you. I hear the Houston souring on Stroud stuff, and I just can't believe the Texans wouldn't take a quarterback high in this draft. Mm-hmm. How would Cal McNair answer to his disaffected season ticket holders if?" After passing on a quarterback with the third and 15th picks in the first round last year, he passes on a quarterback at number two this year. 
It's the job of coaches to get the best out of players, and there's certainly enough potential in C.J. Stroud should he be there for the Houston uh, Texans at two. Uh, for the Texans coaches to make a good NFL QB out of him. Uh, so he, he's basically saying it's a it's a mystery to him, but he is hearing it. Right. He said, I'm like you, I'm hearing this stuff, but he can't believe it. I can't, it, it, it is crazy to me that like, these conversations, and especially with a guy like Michael Lombardi, who everybody looks at as a respectable person in the game, when you go out there and you talk reckless, regardless of it, do your research, do your due diligence, watch the film. Because that's the other part of it. I mean, it, we talk about this so much and, and talking about the speed and can this guy, like I'm going to use the perfect example of Bryce Young. People have always talked about Bryce Young's hype, but he's a Heisman Trophy winner. He led Alabama. He played in the SEC. One of, the one that America keeps thinking is the toughest conference to play in, and he's destroying people. So why is it that now when it's time to go to the next level, because I thought, you know, every year Mm -hmm. we hear about an SEC team that can beat the worst NFL team, not even close to being true, but my man can go out there and perform at a very high level, but now all of a sudden, man, he's small. I don't know if he can play in this league. Like, Like, why are we talking out both sides of our faces if we're trying to make sure that we're doing what's right for the team? And I want to go back, and this may be why some people, even though I'm just I'm mad at Michael Lombardi, I'm going to use one of his stats to prove the fact that he doesn't truly understand what this game has now evolved into. He put out this stat today. Let's compare two quarterbacks at 24 years old with the same passing stats. Davis Mills, 28 games, 26 starts, 5,782 yards, 33 touchdowns, 25 interceptions, 63.6% completion rate, 62 sacks, and his team is 519 and one. Then you compare Justin Fields, who's 27 starts, uh, I mean 27 games, 25 starts, 4,112 yards, and then you go 24 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, 597 91 sacks. His team is 5-20, and 20, and he said one team needs a quarterback and one, claim, one team claims they don't. But the one thing that he continues to miss on mm. is the other things that Justin Fields does for his team to put them in a position to win. Nobody says that Davis Mills is a terrible quarterback. Nobody says he's a great quarterback. But if you have an opportunity to go out there and get – a top-level quarterback that you can draft in the first round. Why are you not doing it? Because they don't. They because they love Bryce Young and they don't. They don't love C.J. Stroud. I'm not saying they don't like him. No, no. But I, they don't love him. And I think as an organization, well, I'm just throwing it out. This is no, no, yeah, I got you. I'm following. Just me theorizing. As an organization, if they don't love him, if they don't all love him, and they can't get on the same page as an organization, head coach, GM, owner, then they figure there may be more unanimity behind a different option, whether that be trading down, um, get another quarterback, or you know, I'm but not again, saying I agree with this. Right, right. I was just about to say, like then said, you're still not getting a top guy. Then. Yeah, or next year's draft, as Patrick has mentioned several times, that they can kind of just stockpile draft picks, maybe trade down in this draft, accumulate more picks to so build that up they for can next year. just go all in on the quarterback they love next year. But my thing was, that's not a guarantee that's either. That's not. This no. is as close as you can get to and getting the top seven. And you're 7-26-1 in the last two years. Right. Yeah. So if you want to go, hey, you know what, let's win three more games. Let's go to to, to an all, insanely awful record. Then Nick Casario's entire game plan this entire time has been, look, if we are able to get you know, one of maybe two to three players in the next three years of drafts, we're lucky enough to get one of those three players 
that are available and three full drafts, then I can help build you a team. Without that, I have the worst GM in the league and cannot build you anything. Right. And if that's and by the, the case, way, he said, then he should have been fired already. And he told y'all, I'm staying. He told yeah, y'all. Yeah, he told us I'm staying. I ain't going to be his choice. with the Texans. didn't say he's going to be the GM, though, still. <laughs> that is true. The, the talk is that he could be demoted within yeah. the organization. Well, it's gonna, you know? he's, he's going to get fired halfway through the season because they're going to have to do something right. to, to try and quell the fan base who goes, dude, are y'all just going to be bad forever? You just guys just don't care anymore? I get you're going to keep giving him. Oh, we hired D'Amico Ryans, but we're going to tank again because we need it. When you get that quarterback, and then we're going to get the fourth pick. Look we're going to get fourth pick in the draft and go, oh, what are you going to do? I guess we'll just trade it back and get another defensive lineman. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I, it's, you know, it's that person in your life that, uh, you know, they're always single because they don't believe that there's anybody out there that's perfect for them. Right. They're looking for, like, that perfect person for them. It's like there's never going to be a perfect soulmate that's going to come into your life. Like, no, you're going to meet a person. Um, hopefully they check a lot of the boxes yep. that you need, all right, for a potential partner. And then it's hard work. That can't be uh, 100%. It's, it's hard work about – it's hard work for you, both of you, to make it work. Right. Uh, and I think that for the Texans, it, listen, I understand you really love Bryce Young, and that's good. And I'm not going to discourage them or hate on them if they want to go all in on the draft next year. But Patrick's right. It may not work out next year where you can get your – Caleb Williams yeah, or yeah. whoever Drake May or whoever they want. It may not work out that way next year either. And, and Caleb then what are you Williams, do? yeah. And then let's say you do tank and you finally get to that spot and you're like Caleb Williams, that's my guy. And Caleb Williams says, "I'm not going to you. I don't want to play for you. I don't want to play for you." Yeah. And think about the because it's happened multiple times. It has happened multiple times. Maybe that's why they don't like Mulligan. Right. <laughs> right. He may have a guy decide <laughs> when he's already had one. Right. Player decide I'm not playing for that dumpster fire. That well, uh, even fire though they hooked me up with hey, even though they what happens if Caleb Williams gets out and goes, "Hey, Mulligan, I want to be your client." Yeah. Yes. What are you going to do then? Are you going to go? Ah, oh, crap. No, yeah. no. I just, I just, I agree. I think the Texans at this point uh, that, and I've seen, you know. The report, and I believe it, that they had a chance to get the number one overall pick. With they could have traded with the Bears, yep, yep. and then they let the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. you know, maneuver uh, way their way to getting the number one overall pick. But there's no way, and I, I we we saw the numbers obviously and what the Bears uh, end up getting for that pick and what Carolina gave up. The Texans have more draft capital guys in this draft in the next draft in the next two years, I should say than any other team in the NFL. If they wanted that pick, they could have had that pick. Right, yeah. They didn't want that now, pick bad enough. And this, th- my thing is, you should have accepted the, or you should have, you should have, you should have made yourself, uh, or at least put the organization in a situation where if you did not get that number one overall pick, and I don't know how they did and what they offered and how they got beat on it, but if you got beat on, for that number one overall pick, that you should have a plan for what the contingency would have been if you didn't get it. And it doesn't seem like they had a contingency plan for not no, getting the number no, one overall pick. I, I will say there is this other part, and I've said it's Will Levis before, but I realizing what the Texans are and Casario and kind of looking into further of what the the Patriots' old school method was, what the Texans have done with Casario, I could believe, too, that there's someone else in this draft, another quarterback that they really like who's projected later and they're holding that under, which we're going to draft one in the second or third round, and that's our guy, but we really like him, and no one else really does, and that's probably not a great idea, but that may be what their game plan is. Hey, man, let's trade back. Let's get all these picks. We got our guy, whether it's the guy out of Stanford or somebody like that that they think is going to be – that they think can be a starting quarterback in the NFL and do what they want. Like Davis Mills? 
I agree. I agree with you. I'm not saying it's this is a good. Man. I'm, not, like, I'm not saying this is a, I agree with this. Yeah. I'm saying this is Texans' MO. This no, is Casario's right. MO of the Patriots never wanted to draft a quarterback high. They would draft them all the time. They draft them second, third, fourth round. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't draft first round quarterbacks. And it's they go, oh, because that's how we got Tom Brady. So that's how we're going to do it. We're going to get another Tom Brady and we're going to get him later. And we're going to find that guy. And it wouldn't surprise me that they found a guy that they really are sold on. That's going to be later in this draft, and they just go, well, we don't like C.J. Stroud that much. We're not sold on him being a franchise quarterback. We don't want to deal with Mulligetta. We don't want to deal with all this stuff. So why not take a guy later that we feel can do this, but you're, it's one of those you're really betting on yourself being right when you have been wrong more than you've been right. That's a, and it, you know what? That, <laughs> that theory makes perfect sense, Patrick, yeah. unfortunately. Um, sadly, yeah. it makes it makes perfect sense, and it does line up with the Patriots' way of doing things in the Patriots' culture. Uh-huh. It does. It lines up. I, I don't. I don't like it, but it does. And I'll just say this: if the Texans go that route, um, man, they're gonna lose a, a a chunk, a big chunk of the fan base. Like well, not only that, time. I think they have for, not, not, a not long only that, time. you have to take that guy time. really high to guarantee you get him. So if he's a projected third round pick, you have to take him to second. Yeah. Because if you wait till the third, you may lose him. And now your whole your whole plan was blown up because you didn't get the number one all pick. And then your whole plan's blown up again because somebody else really liked the guy you really liked. And then you're gonna get a lot of criticism because you overdrafted a guy that everybody thought should have been drafted yeah. in the middle rounds, and you drafted number in the second. But round. like Tanner McKee. Ugh. Right, that's, and I mean, like that's, that's a real—that could be a real guy that the Texans drafted you know in the second round. And listen, Jalen Hurts was drafted in the second round, by the way. And when Jalen Hurts was drafted, I thought it was a great pick, and people hated that pick and thought it was a terrible pick, and they were like, "Man, and Doug Peterson's gonna lose his job because of it, and he may have lost his job because of it." But it was a damn good pick at the time, so I'm not gonna totally hate. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe, is also a second round pick, so I'm not gonna hate on it. But the odds, as Patrick meant, the odds of you hitting on a middle to late round pick at quarterback to be your franchise guy. Man, who do you think you are, the Cowboys? Like, the Cowboys have done that really well. And you know what? That's because they've been the luckiest team in the NFL when it comes to quarterbacks. Ding, they ding, had an ding, ding. Undrafted free agent become their quarterback in Romo and a fourth round pick become a franchise quarterback in Dak. That doesn't happen. Those are happy accidents, right? I would say Dak's Viagra. That didn't happen. So basically, they're, they're going to depend on a happy accident, essentially. To no, be their franchise no, if it, they go that route, but I it agree. does. Like I said it does track. It, it tracks, tracks because this is how I this is how I judge the Texans now. I don't mean it's a I good think, track. I it think don't what would this, my my plan for judging the Texans and it's worked pretty well is I think what would annoy me the most and Tanner McKee being their quarterback this year really tracks in there, doesn't it? Yeah, that Tanner uh, McKee is the guy. Track. It's more of a diss track. <laughs> they should just let Davis Mills. But you're right. Like I said, I'm not disagreeing with your theory because like I said it tracks, but. They might as well just let Davis Bills run it if that's going to be the case because they're going to have just as many upset Texans fans if they decide to go in that direction. But I could see them doing it. Now, the only way they can make up for that is if they went and drafted a top-two quarterback in next year's draft. Well, you're going to have to when that guy doesn't do well because (laughs) you're sticking out a guy who's not NFL-ready. to. He's not going to be ready to play from Stanford to the NFL in one week. So you're sticking out Case Keenum and Davis Mills until he's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a great, I believe it's a Warren Buffett quote. He's uh, talking to Bill Gates. They're discussing high-level finance. I was going to say, some, a lot of money. A lot of money, way over my head. But I do remember a quote from the uh, the dialogue and from the transcript. 
and Warren Buffett told Bill Gates his advice to him. I believe it was on it was on long term investing. <laughs> his advice to him was, "You should always invest in a business that only a fool can run, because one day a, a fool, fool will." Yeah, yeah, and that is essentially the Texans in a nutshell. Coming there, that is the Texans in a nutshell. I mean, and, and you know what? It is. It's a fool. It's a foolproof business, literally. You know, oh, he's making hey, money. Say it, tell somebody. say it slowly, though. It is a, you know, it's a, a fool. fool. I know. Say it's a foolproof. Proof. No, no doubt. Yep. Literally, it is because a I think a fool is kind of running the organization if they go that route. If they just draft a quarterback really high, then you know I I get it. But this is this is all because they have <laughs> almost at every step of the tankathon. They've made crucial mistakes, mm-hmm. and now all those mistakes are accumulating and coming back to haunt them. Yeah, and if they had just made better decisions, fired Lovey Smith a little bit early, um, and then obviously lose that last game, get the number one overall pick, have control of the draft, none of this would be a concern. You're stressed out now because you made you double down on multiple bad decisions. Yep, and this is why you're here. Yep. Yeah, I mean, every time I, every time you say anything about the Texans, I get cringeworthy. Shit. And the reason being is because of what I've seen over the years with the Dallas Cowboys and how their decisions have not always been the best because their GM is the exact same person as the president, the owner, the, <laughs> the, the building in, inspector. He is everything for that place. And sometimes you have to relinquish and give it to football people. And I know Nick Casario thinks he's a football person because he gets to wear the the headset in the games. But sometimes you have to look at the big picture. And your big picture sometimes is not what everybody else sees. And I know you want to be off. You want to do your own thing. You want to make things happen. But the last few years, you've lost a lot of your fan base. Yep. So you're you were selling them hope. But now there's nothing. It's not even a pipe dream anymore. I want to. I think the the Houston Texans are going to show up like the Oakland A's, average three thousand people in the stands because nobody believes in it. Well, did, Someone's going to be getting busy in the up, in the upper in deck. In the upper deck. You're talking to a guy literally who on this show left. who renounced his fandom. How, what? How many years we going? Three years? Two. Uh, two it was years? With Bill Bryan was still there. Oh, so man. it's got to be, gotta be three, yeah, years three years in. Yeah, three yeah. years yeah. now. Two head coaches ago. Because it originally well, three, started like three I, head yeah. coaches ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, because it was wow. originally I would come back when Bill O'Brien got fired, and then I re- that I started to see how much further the dumpster fire was going back. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, the whole building's on fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it went from dumpster fire to flaming landfill. Yeah. Now the whole damn box. Oh, the is on complex fire. is going. It's jumping buildings. <laughs> it went. It went from Sark's uh, "Don't turn a f- fender bender, bender into a fatality." Yes, yeah, that's exactly what ended up happening. No, it is. Man, and uh, like I said, I think they could if they just just draft. This is my point. The Philadelphia Eagles, this and, and organizations are not willing to do this enough. And it does as a head coach. This is tough because you're probably going to lose your job. You're not going to survive mm-hmm. uh, the, the the turnover uh, and the the change in in uh, regime. But the Philadelphia Eagles, as an organization, have understood. And by the way, the Texans are on their third head coach in what three years? Yes. So yeah, turnover aside, third black coach too. Yeah, there you go. Hey, you know what? There you go. Rooney rule, baby. Yeah, that's why they're, they're getting all these right. picks. There you go. That's hey, why they're no, getting no, 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 hey, <laughs> Someone else has to sign them. If you keep firing them, you don't get picks oh, for true, it. True, true, yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, you just keep firing them. That's yeah. true. Um, but 
And if it, <laughs> no. um, but if you're the Texans, understand like the, like the Philadelphia Eagles, they admit their mistakes as an organization and they move on. Yep. They admit, admit Carson Wentz was a mistake, cut Moved ties, on. move on. Yep. All right. They admit Chip Kelly was a mistake, cut ties, move on. And oftentimes teams are they're not willing to admit those mistakes and move on. And I think that's the humility of some organizations. So just be willing to draft that quarterback, however it's going to be, whatever. They didn't know Jalen Hurts was going to be their franchise quarterback. No. They just drafted who they thought was the best prospect at the time. Draft the best prospect at the time. If it's C.J. Stroud, draft him. Mm-hmm. Do, do your best as an organization to develop them, build the organization around them, and let the chips fall where they may. So and you, then if, he, if he's not the guy in three years, draft another one. And this start is the perfect time for over. you. This is the perfect time. You just signed your your franchise left tackle. You've got a good running game. You have now brought in some playmakers, and you're, gonna, and you're going to get another playmaker possibly with the, the second pick that drafts, you get. Drafts J- Jackson Smith and Jigba, and his, his got, wide receiver, and now you got and some continuity. And go, you know what? Yeah, we'll start. We'll, we'll give him an happens. advantage early on. We'll give him a cheat yeah. code. We'll draft him somebody he's got familiarity with. I'm with at this point. I'm. I don't even like C.J. Stroud, and I'm just draft C.J. Stroud. <laughs> exactly. Let's just draft him, and let's just and go. let's see what happens because he does happens. have a lot of upside. Because we all know nobody knows the hell they're doing at quarterback. Thank you. Right. Just go. Just go got. get your Tanner McKee jersey ready. <laughs> Or get it ready. <laughs> uh, that's t- Patrick's not a Texas fan right now, so he's kind yep. of enjoying this a little bit. I'm he's not a- enjoying it. It's, de- it's depressing that it's that what? I was that right. Depressed that you got off the Titanic and was uh, on a yeah, boat yeah. safely when uh, you watched it start to uh, sink he into saw the ocean. The Titanic <laughs> going down, and then he jumped on that uh, <laughs> racing boat. He's like, me. And it's true. Y'all. You're off in the distance, headed to shore, and like, <laughs> damn, I should have <laughs> took some of those guys with me. Oh, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> what you got coming up on Hard Stock Life? Well, we got a special guest. We got five. Whitaker that's going to be coming on to talk a little bit of the spring game, but most importantly, he's got a camp going on this weekend, and he wants everyone to know about it. Uh, one of my favorite all-time lifetime Longhorns. We'll talk about to my man Fozzy Whitaker on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie on Wonderful Nine Horns. Balls. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. But in front of y'all, I'm speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a Top of the Charts Tuesday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Harge. You can follow me on Twitter, at Hardball Harge. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. And, of course, you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. And we also love it when you're a part of the show, so hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And joining us now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline is a person that is not new to these airways. You can hear him all over the place. He's been making his rounds as we expect from him, but you can also see him on LHN and you can also hear him uh, as one of the co-hosts on Big 12 Today on Sirius XM, my man Fozzie Whitaker. Fozzie, what's going on, my man? What is happening, fellas? Man, I appreciate y'all giving me the opportunity, man. How y'all doing? Uh, We're just glad to be blessed, man. We blessed with you, dog. We blessed. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely hey by the way i want to give you a shout out you did a great job of hosting uh tyler campbell's uh event the other day i thought you did a good job of introducing everybody and holding it down as always Hmm. 
I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. You're I love welcome. that event, by the way. One of my favorite ones every single year. No doubt. No doubt. Tyler does a great job, and he's so inspirational, and he does so much for so many people. So it's always good to give back mm-hmm. to him. So we appreciate you as always. But let's get into this spring game, and then we're going to get into the camp that you and Roshan are going to be hosting this weekend. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the spring game. And we know everybody wants to talk about the quarterback room, and rightfully so. A lot of people talk about the wide receiver room. But I want to go to a place that's special to you, that running back room. Mm. We didn't get a chance Uh to see Jonathan Brooks the way we wanted to. Obviously, coming back from that injury, Keelan Robinson was out. But the freshman, C.J. Baxter, came in. He, he's, he, You could tell he's got some growing to do, and that's understandable. He's still trying to figure it out. But I was more impressed with what Jaden Blue. He was somebody that I thought we were going to see in the in the Alamo Bowl. We didn't get a chance to see him. But for those who got a chance to see him for the very first time, what were your thoughts on Jaden Blue's performance? Yeah, I saw Jaden Blue did a phenomenal job throughout the course of the game. Obviously, he had one of the plays of the game. If you look at his touchdown score late in that second quarter, he's shaking, moving, jiving, chucking, <laughs> juking, everything, spinning. He gave you every single move you could ask for all in one play and was still able to find the end zone right at the end. Uh, and that's the explosive nature that this Texas offense is looking for whenever you're trying to replace guys like B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, who will be the NFL draft picks here in the next week and a half. Uh, that's hard to be able to follow up and act like that. And a lot of people want to put a lot of the pressure on C.J. Baxter because he was the number one running back and a five-star recruit coming in early. But at the end of the day, Sark's going to play whoever benefits this offense and this team the most early on and whoever is able to make plays and force people to miss in open space the way that Jaden Blue did uh, is only going to set him up for more time in his offense under center. So being able to have that at your disposal for Coach Sark and being able to have a healthy uh, Jonathan Brooks and a healthy Keelan Robinson whenever they come back. And then obviously you're going to have your mixture of dosage of C.J. Baxter. I think this running back room will be just fine uh, as long as expectations aren't to have the same production that Bijan and Roshan had. Uh, this, this offense will go just fine, and I think Quinn Ewers will be at the head of that uh, followed by some of the explosive nature that Jaden Blue was able to flash a little bit from this past Saturday. Uh, Fozzie Whitaker, lifetime Lohorn. Fozzie Whitaker joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Hey, uh, Fozzie, what uh, position do you think, just after, just based on your observation after watching the spring game, is the deepest on the team? Sark remarked that he likes how deep this team is, that there's not a ton of drop-off at a lot of positions if something happens to your starter, if they take the starter out. What do you think is the deepest position right now on the 40 Acres? I think right now it's still the defensive line, and that's kind of been the strength of where I've seen the team be from a depth perspective is they continually find a way to find guys that can come in and and make plays immediately. You look at Devondre Sweat coming back, uh, Byron Murphy coming back, both of those are penciled in as your day one starters who will probably get a majority of all the snaps uh, for each game. And that's going to be a load for any offensive lineman to handle with those two guys. But then you come in and bring in Alfred Collins, Vernon Broughton. You bring in uh, Trill Carter, who just uh, committed from Minnesota, a guy that has a ton of playing experience as well. And then you got some of the young bulls. Sadir Mitchell was able to get some reps in 
this past weekend as well. Uh, I think that's going to set up well for how they are able to rotate throughout the course of the game and hopefully continue to generate pressure uh, and stop the run with the way that these guys are, are being able to contain their gap. So I think the defensive line has the, the, the most depth, in my opinion, with guys that have snaps underneath that belt, also are most experienced and, and will be able to be a huge factor for how successful this Texas defense will be this year. We're talking to lifetime Longhorn Fozzie Whitaker. And Fozzie, um, the quarterback position obviously has been the most talked about uh, thing since the signing of of uh, Arch Manning. Everybody's been looking at Arch, looking at Arch, but everybody kind of forgot about Malik. And uh, he coming mm-hmm. out there singing that song, Y'all Must Have Forgot by Roy Jones Jr. because <laughs> he came out there and showed up and showed out. But this is something that, you know, patience has been a virtue for him. He hadn't had a chance to go out there and do the things that he wanted to, dealing with the ankle injury. Now he's finally right. And he's kind of trying to cement himself as that backup quarterback. Rod and I talked about this yesterday. If you look through the history of – of athletics and especially football, you always have to have a capable backup. Um, Obviously, Coach Sark said Quinn is the starting quarterback, but Malik is going to put a lot of pressure in that quarterback room, and we always love it when you apply pressure and get a chance to explode on on the field. Absolutely. One of the biggest things that I noticed and was able to take away, um, number one, Malik Murphy seems to be completely healthy. And if he's not, then, oh, wow, look out. (laughs) This dude put on an absolute show. Uh, But his growth and his maturation levels, uh, you can see that apparent. And I know we're talking a little bit more about Malik, but I want to bring in Quinn Ewers into the mix as well. Both of these guys are in year two of Steve Sarkeesian's offense. And what I was able to notice was both of these guys took a a huge step from a maturation standpoint of understanding the concepts, understanding what Steve Sarkeesian wants to get done, and then also taking hold of the offense whenever they got opportunities to step in. And we saw that with QB1, and we saw that with Malik Murphy whenever he stepped in. And, and I think that's just a testament to, number one, their work ethic and their understanding of wanting to grind and get better and be the best complete versions of themselves. And then number two, we know Sark knows how to coach the quarterback position very well. And seeing that growth play out in the spring game between those two individuals in year two of their of his offense, um, it just goes to show that the, the, the needle is pointing up and this team is trending in the right direction. Uh, Malik Murphy, I thought, had the best day on Saturday between all three of the quarterbacks with how explosive – uh, the, the throws he was making, the downfield shots where Texas kind of struggled a little bit throughout the course of last season, uh, finding you know a, a guy that could be uh, a full-time deep threat outside of Xavier Worthy probably helps with that. You bring in a guy like Jonte Cook who can take the top off of the defense. Uh, that, that obviously is a bonus for any quarterback to be able to throw the ball to. Uh, but Malik Murphy was able to hit on some of those deep shots in the game um, and showcase his full throwing ability uh, with some of the throws he was able to make in a very efficient outing for him to say, hey, uh, don't forget about me. Y'all must have forgot, but don't worry. I'm going to bring <laughs> y'all memories right back around with why Steve Sarkeesian got me up out of California and saw something in me that says, hey, I want you on my team here in Texas. 
Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I like Love that. Um, let me ask you, Fozzy, because Texas lost a ton of leadership last season. You know, Rojo was obviously one of the most vocal leaders on the team. Uh, Bijan, you know, grew into that role as a leader as well. DeMarvion Overshone was a leader. Remember, Moro Ojimo speaking out about uh, what mm-hmm. he thought needed to change to uh, make sure the standard was met here at Texas. And he's a fan favorite for that, I think, uh, for a lot of folks. And, and obviously, remember Keandre Coburn, he was a veteran, old man at that point by the time he left mm-hmm. so they've been around so they lost a lot of leadership a lot of different levels who are the leaders on this team in your opinion who's going to step up in that you role? Know, that's a good that's a good question uh we were able to have a post game show with jordan whittington at the end of the spring game mm-hmm. on longhorn network saturday um and one thing jordan said was he's had to actually step into that role himself he's not very comfortable with being that vocal guy mm-hmm. And he said he's not used to actually doing that, but he's kind of been thrust into that position, kind of being the old head around and a guy that's played the most ball and has had the most opportunity to understand some of the things that's going on with the program. And so he talked about his insertion of being a leader with the, um, you know, leaving of Roshan Johnson on the offensive side of the ball, who typically was that vocal leader and how he's had to step up in off-season workouts and be that go-to guy. And uh, there is a transition period whenever that happens, but I thought he's, he's done a good job up to this point. Um, and, he, and he mentioned how the spring game is split with the players on each side, and obviously the coaches were split as well. And the side, the, the white team, which Jordan Whittington was on, didn't have Coach Jackson on that side. So he had to be basically <laughs> the active coach for those receivers. Um, and so that goes to show you the level of respect that the coaches have in him and the level of respect that, you know, the players around them have in Jay Witt as well. So I think he'll be a, a phenomenal leader along with Quinn Ewers. Um, if you want to be the quarterback and, and you plan on being the starting quarterback, you have to make yourself available yeah. to your teammates. Uh, and I think that's what Quinn Ewers is doing. Um, like I said, that maturation process I've been noticing all throughout spring ball, I think that's going to allow him to take that next step, not just as a player, but as a leader um, in the role that he will assume on this team. If they want to be a, a great and elite offense, uh, it'll have to start with him. So those two guys on the offensive side of the ball, I can see being very prevalent uh, in leadership roles on the defensive side of the ball. I think to Vondre Sweat, mm-hmm. that's a guy that's been here for quite some time and has made uh, a lot of plays in his tenure at the University of Texas, also in the, in that deep room of the defensive line that I've talked about. I think he's been a, a good leader so far this spring from what I've been able to see from the practices and in the game. And then another guy, Jade Barron, the burn arm Barron. Mm-hmm. That's somebody that I've seen. Uh, he, he's very vocal with his DBs and the linebackers. Mm. He's in a, a peculiar situation because he kind of gets to play both of them as that star nickel position. Sometimes he's in there helping on run support. Sometimes he's in there, uh, you know, covering the flat. Sometimes he's man-to-man on that slot receiver. And mm-hmm. so he gets to cover a lot of the ground and understands the ins and outs of the defense because he's playing in so many different uh, parts and integral pieces of where they're trying to utilize, uh, you know, all the skills that he brings to the table. Um, and I think he's been a phenomenal leader for these young DBs to be able to take after and understand, you know, what it means to get, to get the job done. And Jalen Ford finally is that last defensive piece, I believe. Uh, I mean, you go first team, all uh, all Big 12 selection, uh, have the season that he did, over 100 tackles, four forced fumble recoveries, 
interceptions. Mm. Uh, he, he's, he's the next man up to be the next great linebacker to come through the University of Texas. Uh, he got to get his team playing as if they are going to be a great unit uh, as a whole. And so I think those three guys on the defensive side of the ball will be very integral in how the leadership roles look for this entire Texas offense and defense. That's our man Fozzie Whitaker, lifetime Longhorn, and he's got a lot going on as well, not only talking about Texas football and covering the Big 12, but he also has a football camp that's happening this Saturday at Dell Valley. He and uh, lifetime Longhorn Roshan Johnson, who's getting ready for the NFL draft as well. Fozzie, tell everybody about the camp that you have going on, brought to you by BAMFAM.org. Uh, Go to BAMFAM.org and the BAM Foundation. Yeah, man, this is, I want to say my eighth, maybe even my ninth year. That's how you know I'm getting old. I can't even remember <laughs> when we started. But, hey, you ain't the only uh, one. <laughs> this is, this is <laughs> another year that we've partnered up, my nonprofit, Fozzie's Future Heroes, with Bam Fam organization, nonprofit as well, partnering up to offer another free camp. We do it every single season. We plan to continue to do that. Uh, we want all of the youth within the Austin area or even if you're not in the Austin area, if you happen to be somewhere close around or visiting Austin in town, we would love to invite you out to Dell Valley. That camp is at Dell Valley in their indoor facility, thankfully, because y'all know how it is in that Texas heat. Ooh, no doubt. Saturday, first <laughs> off, the spring game on Saturday, that was a that was a Jedi <laughs> mind trick right there. We got 75 on Friday, and then we get 76 on Sunday, but on Saturday – they want to have the audacity to go up to 91 degrees while we had to cover that spring game for four hours. So I, I just got to throw that out there, but that's okay. That's okay because, like I said, this weekend, this Saturday, we're going to be indoor at Dell Valley's facility, um, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., so a three-hour camp, like I said, completely free. Roshan and myself will be there uh, just trying to allow these kids to have a chance to, number one, meet some of the players that they may have watched growing up or some of the players that they enjoy watching. Uh, obviously, Roshan's getting ready to go play in the draft, so talk to a guy that's aspiring to be in the NFL as well and uh, teach them some of the things that made us successful and got us to the points where we are now, uh, and then having a little fun at the end. So ultimately, it's just a way for us to be able to give back to the community, uh, to the same community that gave into us so much to allow us to become the individuals that we are now. Well, you always giving back to the kids, and one thing you like to give back is you try to race them. Are you still trying to race kids, or are you just going to say, man, I'm going to go ahead and relax a little bit and not try to pull nothing anymore? Man, I told y'all I'm getting old, so <laughs> I'm out playing with my kiddos last week, uh, and I sprained my ankle trying to play oh. some flag football with them, man. Oh, I'm man, like, How crazy is that? I told y'all I'm getting old. It's, it's not a lie right there. That's a factual statement. So hey, I try to I'm, play my I'm son a, in I'm horse, little, and that's it. I just try to play him in horse. You don't have to do much. So I'm a little, I'm a little ginger on the ankle, so I probably won't be racing any kiddos. But you never know. I get in the mood, and, and my, my adrenaline gets to pumping. Man, my ankle may not feel like it's hurting that bad until after the race is over with and I probably have to get crutches to come off the field uh, but it might be well worth it <laughs> no doubt about it there yeah. he is y'all can register at www.bamfam.org the camp is from 9 to 12 this Saturday at Dale Valley High School indoors 
indoors. Indoors. Let's make sure go. we get that out there indoors. So do what you can <laughs> if you want to come out there and learn from two of the best to ever do it. Fozzie, we want to thank you, brother, and we'll continue to push this. You can also go to our Horn FM events page, hornfm.com on the events page, and you have information there as well. Fozzie, when uh, we get closer to the season, we're going to try to get your Big 12 preview as well. Absolutely. I love to do it, man. You know I love talking ball with you all, man. Appreciate you, brother, as always. Thanks, there he Foz. is, Fozzie Whitaker. Thanks, Fozzie. Absolutely. Captain Thank America, y'all. y'all. Captain America. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Fozzie, yeah, Fozzie Whitaker is one of the most beloved Longhorns. Gotta um, be, man. Yeah, all the time. Like, Gotta fans be. love them some Fozzie because uh, Fozzie was uh, dedicated. He's one of those Longhorns that dedicated himself to the program. Exactly. Left it better than he found it. What do you always say? Hey, man, some guys that want to play <laughs> for Texas, some guys that want to play at Texas. He was a for Texas guy, yeah, no, no question. Um, all right, we come back. We'll uh, uh, get into some off the record. We're a little bit late, so we're up against it, uh, but that was well worth it. We'll come right back right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful on the horn. D.D. Megadoodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break, man. It's cold. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Unfortunately, um, actually fortunately because it was well worth it, we went over a little bit with my man Fozzie Whitaker, Lifetime Longhorn, uh, put us up against it, so try to get back on track. We're just going to skip off the record, go right to our NBA playoff review slash preview coming up next segment. And Raj Ram the day, we'll be talking more Texas football. Coming up next right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn.